Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hello, hello, hello! You have reached the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am Matt Williamson. It is Twitter Thursday. It is the last regular season week of the year. It's week 17 we are entering. There's no Thursday night football. There's no Monday night football. My wife could not be happier. She gets me back to watch whatever it is we watch at nights uh, on those evenings. And uh, she was pretty happy about that. I broke the news to her yesterday. She didn't realize it that there will, no be, there will not be any more Thursday night football. So, we don't have a game to break down. And honestly, this doesn't exactly pump the tires for you to listen tomorrow, but the games to break down tomorrow, uh, they're going to be really hard to do. <laughs> I mean, who's playing? How much are they playing? If you're questionable, why would you play them? Who has something to play for? What coaches might go out of their way to... You know, to do a little something extra to try to showcase things. You know, the Buffalo situation's crazy. Um, you know, and, and I'm writing an article right now for, about, you know, some things Buffalo needs to do to you know, what they should address this off season. But that's not easy to do. We don't even know the coach is going to be or what schemes are going to run. And uh, I'm also writing an article as we speak about what a great season Malcolm Butler's having, and and as an overall. I don't think people realize how well the Patriots' defense has played this year. They don't rush the passer real, real well. They're good against the run, but they don't allow points. You know, that's kind of the point here. You know, I mean, by they allow two less points than any other team in the league, and Seattle's second right now on a per-game basis. I mean, I bet most of you didn't know that, and I didn't. I knew they were doing well, but I didn't realize it was to that degree until I started digging into this. So, right now it's going to be probably a quick show. Twitter Thursday, um, New Year's right around the corner. We've got uh, big bowl games right around the corner, too. I watched my Panthers lose yesterday, and we got the playoffs on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but my man Robert Goodfrey, Godfrey, I'm sorry, do the Steelers need to move Le'Veon Bell out wide more to get A.B. going in the playoffs? I don't know about that. I mean, I think we'll see plenty of it. I think right now they're they're kind of searching for a number two receiver. Ladarius Green has shown some ability to be that guy. And, you know, they're, the Steelers are going to treat this week like a, a like a bye week against the Browns. They're sitting everybody. I would think by, you know, week one of the playoffs, wild card weekend, Green will be ready. Maybe Coates will be ready. I would think he will be. Um, if you remember that first month of the season or so, Coach was a very dangerous, outside-the-numbers, go-deep guy. And, and I think that that's still something yet to come from this offense. Uh, I think you'll see more and more of that. That would uh, you know, uh, alleviate uh, the Le'Veon you need uh, as an out-wide option. I really thought against the Ravens this past week, we would see Bell almost as a pure receiver with D'Angelo Williams playing running back to, you know, for some, uh, at least a little. Didn't see any of that at all. 
So I don't think so. And, and, and Brown can stand alone, obviously, in how well he can perform without the help of somebody like Bell. But I think between Green and Coates, you should be able to get some get more production from the, the, the periphery receivers than you have the past couple weeks, the past month or two. And then the other guy, too, is Eli Rogers out of the slot. He's a quality slot player that you get a, a, quite a bit from every week. So uh, you can't discredit that either. Joshua Carlson asked me, how far can the Seahawks get with the worst O-line and bad locker room chemistry? Well, I'm not sure they have the worst O-line. There's some awful, awful lines out there. Uh, next Wednesday, when we do playoff power ranks and I rank each position group, they very well could come in 12th out of 12s, 12 on offensive lines, though. That's certainly possible. But, and it's bad. I mean, there's no question it's bad. But I also think Arizona, with their knowledge of that team, and as good as they are up front, it was a bad matchup for Seattle. I'm not ready to quit the Seahawks yet. I still think they're a high, high-quality organization. Uh, losing the, probably losing the bye, I think is... A big, big deal to these guys, though. I mean, that that's a, a real problem, I think. I mean, as opposed to... And they're going to host a game, but it'd be much nicer to host two. I mean, that's a tough, tough place to play. But every year, I mean, for, for what, four or five years now, this time of year and throughout the season, I, I always question this offensive line. Boy, the offensive line's going to come back to bite them. You know, and I know they had Lynch then, and that was he made up for things, and Wilson certainly makes up for things. But I don't know that they can't compete because of their line yet this year. I mean, I still think they can hang with anyone. My man Rubelicious asked me, you're starting a franchise. The Pittsburgh Locks is the name, is the team's name. All right. Here we are, the Locked on NFL Network. So I like it. He spelled Pittsburgh wrong, though. Come on, Rubelicious. It's a pretty big city. You should be able to f- figure out how to spell Pittsburgh. There's an H on the end. Anyways, who do I get? I get one of these three running backs. Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, or Ezekiel Elliott. If that's the exercise, I take David Johnson. And I would rank them how good a football player they are this second as Bell, Johnson, a little bit more of a gap, Elliott. I love Elliott, and I think Elliott's in a... Probably still the third best running back in the league. That's great. I just think those two are a little more special. A little further along. Way further along for both of them in the passing game. Um, I've been, I, How about this? I bashed... This isn't what you asked me, Rubelicious. But uh, I've been bashing Todd Gurley all year. You know, I think he needs to do more. But what would Todd Gurley's numbers be and what would Ezekiel Elliott's numbers be if you switched them? You know, I mean, it's just something to think about. I mean, would Elliott be... At 1,800 yards? Or, or, I doubt it. Would Gurley be at 1,800 yards? Maybe. So that's just a thought. But anyways, not what you asked me. I would take David Johnson, and here's the reason why. I think he's better player than Elliott right now. Way better in the passing game. But he doesn't have Bell's red flags. You know, Bell has several major injuries. A little bit older. And he's been suspended. So... Uh, you know, maybe that takes the fun out of it, but if I'm picking right now, that's why I take Johnson. 
John Smart asked me, is the Pats O-line good enough to win it all? No doubt in my mind. And honestly, I bet I have them ranked higher on those that playoff next Wednesday power ranks O-line than most people probably would expect, you know, because and well, well coached unit, young, coming together, finally showing great continuity. They're one of those, th- there's one of those, you know, lines that collectively the five of them play better than the sum of their parts. You know, like they may not be loaded with pro bowlers, but collectively they don't screw things up. They're smart. They're tough. They're well coached. I like the Mason kid a lot. He's a really good athlete, a little undersized on the short side. Their tackles aren't special, but they're they're not a problem. Obviously, Brady makes a lot of problems go away, and the scheme helps too. Um, but yeah, it, it's more than good enough in my opinion. Uh, kind of a follow up on what we were talking about before. Billy Rubin asks, "What does Seattle do in the off season to address the O line situation?" as uh, a personnel coaching, et cetera. Uh, Cable's considered one of the best O-line coaches in the league. I, I don't think that's a problem at all. I mean, one thing you'll notice, Billy, that they do more than any team in the league, and well, one thing that every team in the league does is you cut corners somewhere. Carolina cuts corners a corner. You know, they, they don't want to pay Josh Norman. They, they, they pay their front seven guys. They don't pay their secondary guys. Because they have Wilson, because they've had Lynch, because they pay so much money to their defensive stars, um, the Seahawks have to cut corners somewhere, and they do it at offensive line. And I think a big reason why is because they have such trust in their offensive line coach. And frankly, it's worked extremely well to this point. They also do more conversions than any team in the league. You know, I mean, Former basketball players, former defensive linemen, let's turn them into offensive linemen, you know. But I do think, you know, we saw this past draft and it hasn't paid off for them, but they used a first-round pick on an offensive lineman, an Infetti. And they and overall, in these past two drafts, they've used a more higher picks than they have in the past on offensive line. So I think they're aware of it. I think that they're addressing it. It's just not, you know, paying off yet. Uh, finding a tackle would go a long way. I think Britt's okay at center. You would think of Fetty's pretty, you know, well entrenched at a guard spot. Maybe he mo- bumps the right tackle down the road. But if you could find a six-six guy that's three ten with long arms in the first round with the twenty-eighth pick in the draft or whatever, and it's not supposed to be a very good tackle draft. It's not a very good tackle free agency crop. I don't think they can go into free agency. They don't have a ton of money. They got to keep their own. So. Uh, I would say draft a tackle high and basically stick with the plan. It's working. I mean, that's what people don't realize. It's working. I mean, it, just because you're not the favorite on December 29th to win the Super Bowl doesn't mean that this the organization is failing. Uh, boy, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Jilamu Limalu at Tall White. You're at Tall White to me. What's the biggest need for the Lions this offseason? Uh, I see two things. One of them's very general. One of them's very specific. I like their line on offense, but I think they need a power running back. And it's supposed to be this is a, a very good draft for that. I also like Amir Abdullah. I think him coming back will be very helpful. But I, you can't count on him to be the man. I think they need a 225-pound banger. And that offensive line, to me, is built to be 
a run-first, heavier offensive line with a fair amount of resources on there. That's the specific one. Go get a running back that can move the sticks, can, can you know be a banger, can create yards on his own, break tackles. And then the other side of the ball, I think they need everything. And I know that's general, but I would just approach it this way, that I would not turn my nose up on a safety, a corner, a linebacker, a defensive end, or a defensive tackle. You know, that... I would kind of just look at it from my board on draft day and say, give me the best defense player on the board. Okay, it's the fourth round. We've had, we've got a running back. We've done some things. Not sure what direction we want to go. Give me the best defensive player on the board. Fifth round, give me the best defensive player on the board. You know, just reinforce all levels with a, 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 a draft that might be 90, 90% defensive, you know, and maybe a free agent sprinkled in there or whatever too, but... Uh, that's the approach I would take is a very general one to the defense and infuse it with a multitude of players and a big back. All right, Leon Carusi asks, if Matt McGloin is awful this weekend, do the Raiders put in Cook or just ride out McGloin? Man, I, I would really, it would have to be a catastrophic performance by McGloin, I think, for the Raiders to go with the rookie quarterback that has zero snaps at this level to start the playoffs. I mean, to me, that's crazy talk. I mean, as bad as McGloin looks, I still think you can't go that direction. And I know they like McGloin. I mean, and one thing that shows us they like McGloin was remember whenever he hit free agency as a restricted free agent, they put a pretty high tender on him. They put a second round tender on him. You know, it wasn't like they wanted, they were going to allow him to walk away for nothing. Uh, So, I think they have high hopes for him. I, I've been told that he's, you know, very good from the mental side of things, that they won't have to change the playbook a lot. Certainly isn't going to throw the football like Carr. He isn't going to be as good as Carr, but uh, you don't have to dummy things down all that much. They need guys like Amari Cooper to step up, and they're going to have to become a little more run-heavy, even though they are a pretty run-heavy team. But I, I think it's McGloin from here on out. Clint Guffrey asked me, Romo to Denver. Well, I think we know that John Elway is not just going to sit on his hands. And I think we know, with all respect to Simeon, who outplayed what I expected of him, that Elway's not going to be satisfied with that. I guess the question then is Paxton Lynch, who looked overwhelmed. To me, that's not... You know, I don't think you bash him for that. Where do they think he's at? Because if they think Lynch can be the man this, you know, week one of 2017 season, you just ride him out, Simeons or two, and good. Chances are they probably don't think that, you know, and you look at this Von Miller-led defense and think, you know, we don't have a huge window. Romo makes a lot of sense. And if I'm Romo... Maybe I take less, you know, I'll go there and as injury prone or as fragile as he is, I mean, if you, if he goes there and he gets injured, well, you still have those two. I mean, you're, you're right back to where you were at least, you know, you don't lose a lot. I think that's a likely landing spot for him. He maybe figures out something cap friendly, get him there, hand the ball off a lot, you know, try to do... Uh, the best you can to uh, work on that uh, running game more than anything and and ease some burden on Romo. So, yeah, I I could see that. 
All right. Charles asked me, where does Rex Ryan went, wind up next year? Head coach, defense coordinator, studio analyst. He was a great defensive coordinator. I think people can forget that. He was a great defensive coordinator. Um, I don't know him personally. My hunch is his ego is not going to allow him to go back to not being a head guy, to being a defensive coordinator. And I'm sure he's got enough money in the bank that he doesn't have to. Um, I can't see anyone hiring him right now as a head coach. I think maybe a year from now. But boy, I could see him as an analyst, as a popular analyst, you know, as a really interesting analyst, even if he doesn't get into X's and O's and defense and stuff and just tells you what he thinks. I could see that for sure. Uh, the one thing most people don't, or a lot of people don't recognize, and I'm not sure it's the case with him, but I don't think his contract was up and his contract is guaranteed. So the bills are going to pay him next year, most likely anyways. So he doesn't have to rush in, you know, to pay the bills or anything like that. So uh, I could certainly see him as a studio analyst. I would be shocked if he took a defensive coordinator job anywhere. I just don't think that's in the cards anymore. And I don't think anyone's hiring him right now to be the head guy. All right, all right, all right. That is the extent of uh, today's show. Some good, Twitter, some good Twitter questions. You guys stepped up your game on Twitter questions. I dig it. Tomorrow we will break down games to the best of my abilities. I don't have a lot of faith in those abilities for this particular set of games. But I am going to go out of my way to talk Packers, Lions, those type of things. We will break those down more than a general Friday show. And we're going to ignore some of the ones that aren't so great. But spread the word. Um, Did you guys spread the word since yesterday? We need numbers to get up. Locked on NFL. I want double the downloads in the next couple weeks. All right. See you. Over and out. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17.